This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 45. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. Well, how I'm, you doing? I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. This is Brett Hurst. And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is the podcast designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. The podcast. Well, how are you this morning, Brett? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. How about you? How about you? Doing pretty well. Had yeah. a little uh, frazzled morning, but... Oh. Doing better now that we're sitting here talking on the podcast. I'm very sorry that you had to deal with frazzlement. Just technical difficulties, computer issues, and so I'm glad to be away from the computer at this moment. You wanted to throw it through the window? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so in today's episode, we will be discussing a divorced person's guide to marriage. Say what? Say what? Now, I know that may sound a little odd, but today's information comes from a really interesting article that was featured in the Wall Street Journal in 2012, and it's based on a longitudinal study that revealed five common themes that underlie most divorces. Well, wow, you've got me intrigued already. So the premise is, want great marriage advice? Ask a divorced person. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> Which I almost actually. called that uh, the podcast that title, but it's a little too long. So let's take a look at the lessons learned that were uh, featured in this article under the study and see if they line up with the drum that you and I have been beating for a very long time now. And what drum is that? Which is, you know, you got to work at your marriage and you've got to build it mm-hmm. and create it and mm-hmm. make it good. Mm-hmm. And so let's see if, let's kind of compare notes and see if the, the results from the study show what we've been talking about. Ready for some drumming. All right. So the first thing that this study discovered is that, and again, this is based on people who have been divorced, Mm -hmm. who have learned kind of lessons, been self-reflective, and want other married couples to realize. Lessons learned from divorce. All right. So the first one is to boost your spouse's mood. Mm, Yes. These couples said that they would give their spouse more effective affirmation, including compliments, Cuddling and kissing, mm-hmm. hand holding, I love yous, and emotional support. Is that it? That's that's the whole list. Well, I mean, that was among the. Li- <laughs> so annoying. Okay, so interestingly, the report says that this is what I found very interesting: that men seem to need non-sexual affirmation even more than women do. Well, see, I believe Ta-da! that. See? That is like a huge aha. That's right. So it's not all about that other stuff no okay you're totally trying to get (laughs) me off track here no i'm really not all right in this study listen when the husband reported that his wife did not show love and affection Mm -hmm. the couple was almost twice as likely to divorce as when the man said he felt cared for and appreciated well that makes total sense to me. I know. I was just really kind of surprised that the non-sexual thing was that high for men. Mm-hmm. I, I would have that assumed... That it's higher for men than it is for yeah, women. Yeah, I would even. have assumed that women are, are craving that even more than men, but I don't think they are. Mm-hmm. So the reverse did not hold true, though. Couples where women felt a lack of affection were not more likely to divorce. As, as a group. As a group, in yeah. In general. Yeah. 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 And, and, and here's my theory on that, because okay. I thought this was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think... 
and I'm going to make a really broad sweep here, but I think men in general don't get as much affirmation like from words and from their friends as women do. Of course they don't. Because we're like, girls are gathering and we're having coffee and lunch or whatever and we're saying each other looks so cute Mm -hmm. and we're saying each other such a great mom and man, you're so great at your job and blah, blah, blah. And I wonder if men really do that for each other. So that a guy comes home from work and if his wife's not his cheerleader, he's not getting any kudos from anywhere. Well, I know Zach did not say one thing about my shoes when we set up to record today. (laughs) Sure, that's true. (laughs) So ideas such as, uh, this came from the the study, ideas such as turning the coffee pot on in the morning, Mm -hmm. bringing in the newspaper, warming up the car, making a favorite dessert – were all acts, you know, even giving a little hug, were cited as necessary affirmations by the men and the women. Huh. So, which I just thought was really interesting. So, boosting your spouse's mood, right. showing appreciation, this was something that came as a result of the study. So, what's your homework assignment? My homework assignment is to go get the news. No, we don't have a newspaper See, anymore. I don't get We're the paper iPad anymore. people now. That's right. Um, I would turn the coffee in the in the morning, I don't but you don't drink coffee, so I'm going to have to find other ways. I'll have to come up you. with something. All right. All right. All right. Number two from this study is to talk more about money. In this particular study, money was the number one point of conflict, and of course, we've said this a number of times. That's not a surprise. In the majority of marriages, good or bad, Mm -hmm. these particular couples suggested talking more often about money, not just when it's tax time or when you have high debt or when bills come along. Because they've learned that money was a big factor in the splitting of their marriage. Yeah, and in this, I, I won't unpack this too much, but the article talked about there were the range of money issues were all over the place. Mm-hmm. It was from one person making more than the other spouse. Or it was one being having secretive. different spending levels. Yeah. It was not agreeing to the budget. It was just all kinds of things. Right. But it creates a, a a lot of underlying issues. And so their advice, these people who've walked through the pain of divorce, mm-hmm. is talk about money. Right. Make it a talking point. Well, we um, always say that money and sex are the two things that are the least talked about, and yet they're the two top uh, components of divorce and and frustration in marriage. Yeah, so you have to make the connection that the less you talk about something, the more it may be an issue. Right. But sex is not your least discussed oh, topic. I'm not sure about that. Our podcast listeners know. <laughs> All right, moving on to number three. They've put two and two together. Uh, these couples talked about getting over the past. Okay, what do you mean? Well, in this particular study, couples who held on to strong emotions from past experience were less healthy than those people who had moved on emotionally. That they've held on to past hurts and yeah. past pains. And, and it included things like getting over jealousy of your partner's past relationships, mm-hmm. irritation at how your mother-in-law treats you, something from your own childhood that makes it hard for you to trust these kinds of issues. It seems that whatever it takes to help yourself move past these kinds of hurts and irritations will also benefit the relationship. So do you think Carly Simon got past the things she talked about in the song, We Have No Secrets? Um, Big fan, by the way. Huge fan. Love that song. Uh, I don't really know how to answer that question, okay. but uh, we should have made that our tip of our resource of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Go download that song by Carly Simon. Yes. Um, but things like keeping a journal, you know, exercising, talking things out with a friend, you know, these are little helpful ideas that can help you kind of move on. But I just thought that was kind of interesting that people who held on to issues mm-hmm. to that that 
affected their relationship. And so again, we're kind of getting from the other side um, after walking through a, a breakup that these are the things they would do differently. Hmm. Intriguing. You're listening to Marriage to the Max. Welcome back to Marriage to the Max, and we are continuing our discussion called A Divorced Person's Guide to Marriage. And we're taking a look at some marriage lessons learned the hard way by couples who, if they get the chance, plan to do things differently next time. So a couple more lessons that were learned from this particular um, article and study are, and this is going to sound weird, but they said, blame the relationship. What they're saying... They want you to blame the relationship. Yeah, they, they want you to blame. <laughs> and I'm way ahead of the game. <laughs> but this is what they mean by that. Okay. The divorced individuals in the study who blamed their ex-spouses or even themselves for the breakup had more anxiety, depression, and sleep disorders than individuals who blamed the way that they and their partners interacted. So in other oh. words, it's talking about when you blame the person, whether it's yourself or your spouse, uh-huh. rather than realizing that it's the two of us together uh-huh. that were toxic or weren't healthy or whatever, um, that's what these couples have discovered. And so I took this to mean that when you share the blame in your relationship, it's a healthier way of being. So blame the relationship rather than blame people, the other person personally. Yeah. So for the purposes of this article, this is something to learn, you know, from divorced couples that, and it's something that we talk about all the time, Uh even changing your language from using we instead of you, right? saying things like, we're both so tired lately, rather than you're so crabby. So I should say, we are so hormonal today. (laughs) Uh, okay, we're going to keep going. We are, so, we are so sorry we said that. It's <laughs> better. When you remove blame, it's... S- <laughs> see the apology episode. <laughs> when, you, you, when you remove blame, it's much easier to come up with a solution. There are always multiple ways of seeing a problem, and by getting your partner's perspective and marrying it with your, sp- your perspective, you get the true picture, the relationship perspective. Okay, so restate that. What are you trying to say Yeah, there? in other words, when I'm focused on blaming you for my problems in uh-huh. our relationship... Or for messing up a podcast. Yeah, that's the very unhealthy way of looking at it. If I change my perspective and go, okay, I'm bringing something something to the table too, mm-hmm. and it's how you and I are interacting that's the problem, mm-hmm. let's right. work on that. 
that was what came out of uh, these people who've gone through divorce. I thought that was really interesting. No, it makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. And then the last thing that the study revealed is to reveal more about yourself. And what they Uh-oh. said in the article was that the communication style was the number one thing that the study's divorced individuals said they would change in their next relationship. Okay, so they said in the future they would change their communication style. What, what do you mean? Well, the article said, quote, to communicate well, partners need to reveal more about themselves, not just do maintenance communication. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. they call maintenance communication are what you and I call the daily grind talk. Okay. You know, when you're talking about work, the kids, the house, bills, right. report cards, all that kind of stuff. That's just the day-to-day that's stuff. That's just daily grind stuff. But that's, that's not real emotional processing. It's not. And it's not real connecting in the, mm-hmm. in the intimate um, way that we talk about learning about each other, mm-hmm. emotional support, that's where all that comes into play. And so... Um, so what should you do? You, every day you should have some well, emotional... Well, this particular article said if you sit together for 10 minutes a day, mm-hmm. which we've even talked about before on past episodes, right. that you push away the daily grind talk and just talk about how you felt today or what experiences made you really happy mm-hmm. or what frustrated you today, you know, and, and, and some of that may bleed over into a little daily grind talk, but mm-hmm. really just kind of connecting. And that's what couples don't have a lot of time, mm-hmm. or it seems like they don't have a lot of time. You can, it, you can be amazed at how much time you'll find if you really be intentional you prioritize about prioritize that. Yeah. But maybe, you know, whatever that looks like, that could be a few minutes before you both leave for work, or maybe it's right when you come home and you're preparing dinner together no but you know i think it does require a lot of time and we were just talking to a couple the other day that they had driven out to uh parts of the southwest you know so they had long periods of time to drive Mm -hmm. and so forth and because they were out just driving you know where there was an endless horizon all of a sudden they were doing all this processing and, and doing more of what you're talking about here more emotional conversation not maintenance you know put the dog out uh, yeah. put the check in the bank kind of stuff. And I've discovered that with, with us too, whenever we drive to Austin or Dallas or whatever, just being in the car, because it is kind of, I mean, I guess you can work in the car and do other things. But for us, we usually look at that time as just where we're just chilling. We're listening to music, mm-hmm. you know, which prompts conversation and mm-hmm. memories and that kind That's of stuff. True. So we always have really good road talks. Yeah, we look forward to getting out on the road for that reason, because yeah. we know we're going to really have some time to check in that we wouldn't maybe have it otherwise. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think the the lessons that these divorced couples learned is kind of lines up with what we teach? It seems to be the case. I think it does too. And But I want couples to not have to go through the pain of divorce to learn this kind of stuff. And so that's why we do the podcast. Right. But it is true that suffering and and things that don't go the way we had hoped they would go, that sometimes that, that those can be real blessings in disguise and mm-hmm. some of the greatest opportunities for us to get what we ultimately need to be um, happy and successful in life. Yeah. So well put. At least that's what I think. Well spoke. <laughs> well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. 
or you can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. We also hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question you'd like us to discuss on this podcast, send us an email at thehursts at homeencouragement.org. That's spelled H-U-R-S-T-S. Very good. And we will do our best to get it on the air. Well, thanks for listening today, and until next time... (laughs) You want to say that again? Let me say that again. All right. Thanks for listening today, and until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. Excellent. God bless y'all. Thank you.